Ah, good morning, church. So good to have you this morning. So good to have you. You know, there's, there's sometimes some people in the world that will tell you things about the Bible and the teachings of the Bible uh, that could be easily jettisoned, that just could be put on the curb, uh, that, that some things in Scripture they would say uh, could just go out, that we, could, that we could pick some things that we like and take out the others with the trash. Like, I could pick and choose the things that I like in the Bible. Maybe, maybe it's teachings about marriage. Maybe it's teachings about physical intimacy. Maybe it's, uh, it's teachings about generosity. Maybe it's teachings about relationships. Maybe it's teachings about forgiveness and those uh, whom I need to forgive. Maybe it's uh, teachings about uh, Jesus Himself as Savior and Lord. Maybe it's teachings about the only ways to get to heaven. Now, we would say that there is no teaching of Scripture to which we shouldn't pay attention to. All of them are important. But we would also recognize that there are some teachings of the Bible that are more important than others. That not every teaching of Scripture is equal. In fact, uh, there is one teaching of Scripture that the Apostle Paul is going to point to, and he is going to say, uh, there is no replacement for this. There is no moving forward without it. If you don't have this peace, you don't have the gospel. You have no goodness. And he's going to say that, that it's the resurrection. You see, he's going to say that there is a future resurrection of the dead. There is a time. Uh, he's going to say that, that Jesus is going to return. And when he does, he will take with him uh, those who have believed in him. He said, he's going to say that if you take this away, if you take away this teaching of the resurrection, then you have no gospel at all. He's going to write to a town in Corinth, and he is going to begin to tell them that there are serious consequences for those who choose to believe that there is no future resurrection from the dead. And so for us, uh, those of us uh, maybe in this room and maybe outside of this room uh, that would have the question uh, in regards to the resurrection, does it really matter? Well, if your hope, if your hope is only in Christ right now, without the future resurrection from the dead, then what are the consequences for your life? I mean, if we can just take the resurrection and put it out on the corner as a teaching that we don't particularly like and don't particularly enjoy, or it's hard to prove, so we're just going to, to put it off to the side, then what are the consequences? And Paul writes to this city in Corinth, and he says there is a there's a torrent of consequences that we have to consider. He reaches his hand into the 21st century and he says to all of us and all of those who would 
who would like to take out the resurrection or question its validity to say, if there is no resurrection, then there's some serious consequences that we better consider. Join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you need, grab a pew Bible in front of you. It's going to be page 801. 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. And more than that, we're then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that He raised Christ from the dead, but if He didn't raise, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. And then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. One of the consequences that Paul's going to point to if there is no resurrection, if there is no resurrection from the dead, if Christ has not been raised, one of the consequences that Paul is going to point to is that we are to be pitied more than all people on earth. If all we're living for is now, if all we hope for is Christ in the present with no hope for the future, uh, then we're to be pitied more than anybody around. Uh, People actually should point at us and shake their heads and and tell their children not to be like us because there is no resurrection. It was a year ago I was in Myanmar around this time of year. And I remember there in Myanmar, um, there's a, a high percentage of Buddhists. And we would hear them singing and chanting, and uh, it was actually just down the street from the hotel where we were staying. And and they would uh, walk around all day in their orange robes, and they would be chanting something. And and as I had conversations with students about all of these Buddhist monks, I I said, you know, uh, their devotion is not the question, but their belief is. And as we watch them go and we watch them uh, placing their bodies and their, their, themselves in odd positions, even of painful positions, we began to go, man, I feel sorry for them. I feel bad for them. Because ultimately, they believe in something that will never happen. And Paul is quite quite frankly saying, if you don't believe in the resurrection, if you don't believe that there is a future resurrection that is coming, if you don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, 
then you are to be pitied more than all people. Look, look in verse 19. He says it, if only for this life, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all people. You see, the consequence the consequence of not believing in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, uh, not believing in the future resurrection, is that we live with false hope. Now, I know that those Minnesota Vikings fans out there have learned to live with false hope. Every fall, we say, this is the year. But listen, listen, to live with false hope is worse than living with no hope at all. It is worse to live with false hope than to live with no hope. And if we believe in the resurrection, and it never really happened, if there was really no resurrection, Paul is saying, quite frankly, uh, then your life is to be pitied because you live your life in false hope. Uh, you know, it drives me crazy, actually. Uh, I hear parents say this to their students, to their kids. You can do anything that you want when you grow up. That is not true, and all of us know it. We hear parents say, if you just put your mind to it, you can do anything. But if you want to be a famous pop singer and you cannot carry a tune in a bucket, you are never going to make it. You may want to go to the NBA, but you may, your genes may hold you back. Maybe you have no jump shot. You cannot jump beyond two inches. You are not going to the NBA. And so you live your life in false hope, expecting something that's never going to happen. Many years ago, I remember Joe Lynn was watching a program on television. There was a, a famous singer on the television. His name is Josh Groban. Some of you are aware of that name. Real famous singer, just a clean, crisp voice. And I walked in and I said, I could sing like that if I wanted. She said something to me like, don't quit your day job. <laughs> Why? Because living with false hope is worse than living with no hope at all. If there is no resurrection from the dead, we are people who live with False hope. And Paul is saying this is a consequence uh, for those of you who would say, I, I don't really need, I don't really need this teaching in Scripture that Jesus rose from the dead. We don't want to continue to be people who live with false hope, but who have tremendous real hope and what it is that God can do. But if there is no resurrection, we live a lie. That's not the only thing that Paul says. That's not the only consequence that he raises. 
He's quite frankly going to say in verses 14, 15, and 17, he's going to just lay out there for us that, that the consequence of no resurrection from the dead, the consequence, if there is no resurrection, is that we go all in on a bluff. Join me in verses 14, 15, and 17. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we're then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that He raised Christ from the dead. But He didn't raise Him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. If you look at verse 17, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. My parents, we would gather, when we gather together, we often play cards. We play this game called pitch. Some of you know this game. We like to play 10-point pitch at my house, and a great game. Uh, but my dad has this thing that he loves to do with my mom. You see, if you know the game, you go around the table and you look at your cards and you make a bid. The bid can go up to 10 if you think that you've got it. If you have a bad hand, you, you bid low. If you have a good hand, you bid high. But there's this thing in the game, in the bidding portion of the game, that, that you can shoot the moon. Uh, shooting the moon just means uh, I'm going to end the game right now. I have all the points. I'm going to bring in all the points, and I'm going to do it by myself. Sometimes my dad, just to irritate my mom, after all the cards had been distributed, he would lay all the cards out in front of him, not look at a single one and go, I think I'm going to shoot the moon. Making sure that my mom was the partner. Now, if there is no resurrection... If there is no resurrection from the dead, what Paul is saying is the consequence is like going all in in life, all in on Christianity, and never looking at the cards. If there is no resurrection from the dead, Paul is saying, the consequence is that you go all in on a bluff. And there's no coming back. You see, discipleship, this, this followership in Christ is an all-in venture. We don't get to go halfway. It's not like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it out for a little bit. No, uh, when you go, you've got to go all the way. You've got to serve fully. You've got to worship fully. You've got to pray fully. It's an all-in venture. But if there is no resurrection... Paul says, quite frankly, the consequence is that your life is empty. It's meaningless. It's useless. It's purposeless. If there is no resurrection, the consequence is that every time you share the good news of Jesus with someone else, then that preaching that you're doing, that proclamation of God's good news is empty. That's the word that Paul uses. Look in verse 14. He says, And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless 
The word is empty. And so is your faith. He's not just talking about uh, preachers who stand up on Sunday morning on stages like this and, and give a sermon. That's not what he means. What he means is every time you share with someone in your car or in your home or at work, every time you do that, every time you share Jesus, every time you say that there is good news of hope beyond this life, then it's empty. You might as well take a bucket and begin preaching into it. Because that's about as empty as the words that you're saying. He's saying you're full of hot air if there is no resurrection from the dead. Not only is he going to say there is no, there is emptiness in preaching as a consequence, but he's going to say your faith is as empty as the preaching. It's useless. He, he uses the word futile. It's meaningless. So is your faith useless. You know what our faith is? Our faith is the primary tool in which we begin to relate with God. It's what brings us to Him. It's what convicts us over and over about who God is and what He has done. And he's saying, if there is no resurrection then that thing that you believe in, it's a lie. And he's not saying that you can't believe in something. But what he is saying is if you believe in Christ, and it's only for now, and it's only so that you can live a good moral life right now, then your faith is empty. Because when it comes to the end of the road, it ends. How many of you would invest a good chunk of money in Enron right now? Anybody? Remember Enron? You see, he's not saying that you can't believe. He's saying, don't put all of your eggs in the wrong basket. If there is no resurrection from the dead, then you have gone all in on the wrong thing. You put all of your money in Enron. You have put all of your stock in a quarterback that's already retired. And you have put your eggs in the wrong basket. The consequence is that your life is empty. Do you notice what he says in verse 17? Uh, he says it's not just about us, but it's about what we tell others. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Now this is a tough one, isn't it? Christ hasn't been raised, if there is no future resurrection, then death is the end. The consequence of not having the resurrection, of casting the resurrection aside, is that there is no rightness with God. There is no Christ to cover us from our sin. There is no righteousness before God. You see, eventually, all of us in this room, if we are believers in Jesus, uh, we came to this conviction that we are sinners, meaning uh, we have rebelled against God. 
And that at some point, we desperately needed someone who could cover my sins before the God of the universe. But if there is no resurrection, the consequences, I'm stuck. Christ cannot save me because He hasn't resurrected from the grave. And it's not just for this life only. It's not just for here and now. The consequence is really for what comes later. Notice what Paul says in the latter portions of verse 17 and 18. He says, you're still in your sins, and then those who also have fallen asleep in Christ, when he talks about falling asleep in Christ, he's talking about those who have believed in Christ and then died. Those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. For all those who have gone before us who have believed in Christ, if there is no resurrection, then there is no chateau by the crystal sea. There is no room made up for me in heaven. There is no place with God. There is no peace with His presence. There is no promise of a place where there is no more crying or mourning or pain. All of it is gone. If, if there is no resurrection from the dead, then Christ did not raise. And those who have gone on before us lived full lives with false hope that ended in death and there is nothing else. Are you beginning to grasp like the gravity of what Paul is saying? Of all the teachings of Scripture, of all the things that we could possibly believe about Jesus and what He did, we cannot dismiss the resurrection for without the resurrection, the consequences are dire. And so Paul brings us to this point. He gathers us in and he brings us to the point, right? And he says, if there is no resurrection, there is no gospel. No resurrection, no gospel. No good news. No salvation. No covering over of your sin. No spreading the good news. Everything is empty. So we have a choice, don't we? Will we choose to believe that Jesus walked this earth, died a cruel and horrible death for us, and that He resurrected on the third day? That He is with God in heaven right now? That He is establishing the direction of all of history and we are aiming at a time when He will come back and get us? Or will we live a hopeless existence in which there is no good news? No resurrection. No gospel. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You for Your goodness.
And I pray, Lord, from the very bottom of my heart, I pray that we can gather together around the teachings of Scripture and in particular the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Lord, I pray that we can believe this. I pray that we will believe it. And that we can leave saying, because there is a resurrection, there is hope. Because there is a resurrection, there is a purpose. Because there is a resurrection, my teaching and preaching means something. That because there is a resurrection, I can have hope even beyond this life. Lord, I pray for all of us in this room that we would have a profound trust, a belief, a faith in the resurrection and that we would go all in and you would show us who you are and all you've done. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.